come in and be like Debbie Downer. You know what I'm talking about. I want to come in here and I want to give the victorious word uh, to you. I want to encourage you. But I knew that this was going to be a tough word today. And uh, it wasn't until the events of the last couple of weeks did I maybe catch a glimpse of that some people here may need to hear this word. And if you are here today and things are really going well for you in the natural and this is just a happy celebratory day, then I am pleased for you. Bless you. Could you just bear with us while the rest of us who are maybe going through some stuff might need to have a little encouragement this today. So let's bow in prayer before we begin, shall we? Lord, we thank you for this day because it's the day that you've made. And before the beginning of the world, Lord, you knew this day would come and you've made this day for us. We are not happenstance and this is not a mistake. We are where we find ourselves today. And so, our Lord, we ask for spirit ears to hear your voice. Lord, we ask for spirit eyes to see your leading and we ask for hearts to respond to you today. And we ask, Holy Spirit of the living God, that you would speak to anyone here today who is asking, are you really who you say you are? Lord, show us. Show us who you are. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask that you, uh, in preparation for what I'm going to share today, would open your Bibles to Luke chapter 7 today. And I'd like to just kind of um, give you a little bit of background on this. Um, we know a little bit about John the Baptist, and we're gonna, I'm going to do this kind of in a narrative story form today, if that's okay with you. John the Baptist is one of my favorite people in the New Testament. I love to read about him. He's a little odd. I, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm kind of I'm drawn to eccentricity. Um, so um, I kind of I kind of appreciate John. He's out in the desert, and he obviously um, uh, was uh, related to Jesus in the natural or related to Mary. And um, uh, we know very little about John, but he seems sort of a mysterious character. And um, as I was reading... Um, about John, I was struggling with a couple of things um, this day, and as I was reading about him, I was reading about how even John, who Jesus referred to as there's been not a greater man than John, than John, he talked about John, born of woman, there has never been anyone like John. In fact, John, it says earlier in uh, the Gospel of John, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit pre-born. Pre-born. In fact, John, in his mother's womb, he leapt for joy, it says, when he heard Mary's voice, knowing Mary was carrying the Messiah. Can you imagine such an anointed child that the Holy Spirit would reveal to him such truth that this was the Messiah, and he had just entered the room. He could not see him, hear him, touch him, but he knew it in the Spirit. This is John so anointed that even in the Old Testament, it was prophesied that he would come as a forerunner of Jesus Christ, that he would come to proclaim or pave the way for Jesus. This is the John that came baptizing. They were not doing that. They were, he was preaching repentance, and he was baptizing people. 
This is John that recognized immediately when he looked over, behold, look over there, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He prophesied what yet to be happening because he had a revelation of who Jesus was. When they came and they said to him, are you the Christ? Can you imagine having such a powerful ministry? They actually believed that he was the Messiah. Are you the Christ? He said, no, no, I just have come to pave the way. This is that John. Wow. This is that John that had such a powerful ministry that was riding on his history of such tremendous Holy Spirit, inspiration, understanding, discernment, this is John. In fact, when he went to baptize Jesus, Jesus approached him. He said, I am not worthy to do this. He knew who Jesus was. Nobody else did, but John knew when he approached him. He said, I am unworthy to baptize you. And when he baptized him because Jesus submitted to this earthly uh, right that we enjoy today, water baptism. When he went to go do that and receive from John's ministry of baptism, the heavens opened and out of heaven, God's voice out of heaven proclaimed, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. John was there. John was there when the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended and rested upon Jesus. John was there with the Trinity right there. There was Jesus in the flesh, the Holy Spirit descending upon him, and a voice out of heaven right there is the Trinity. And John was there and saw it. He knew he was the Christ. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew the things that he had heard taught in the Old Testament. John knew them. John knew the things that he had seen Jesus do, these tremendous miracles. In fact, his disciples would come and report other ones to him because John had disciples following him too. But he kept pointing them back and saying, I am not the Messiah. That is Here is John, ministering, working hard, doing the right thing. And he is arrested for it. Such great revelation, great discernment followers, doing God's work. And he is arrested and thrown into prison. This is where we pick up. And I don't want it to be lost that when we start in verse 18, that just previous to it are two incredible miracles of Jesus. In fact, one is raising a young boy from the dead. It doesn't get better than that. What a tremendous miracle. And yet, where does John find himself? Serving his Savior, he finds himself locked in a dark damp prison cell, awaiting his execution. That's where we pick up in verse 18. And it says, the disciples of John reported to him about all these things, all these things meaning all these tremendous miracles, all these wonderful happenings that they had just seen. Summoning two of his disciples, John sent them to the Lord saying, 
Are you the expected one, or do we look for someone else? Let me just pause there for a second and let that sit on you. This is John. We just went through some of the highlights of his ministry, some of the highlights of his revelation. He knew who Jesus was. Jesus was the same as he was before. Jesus had not changed, but what had changed was John's circumstances. And here's the very simple word that I'm going to start with today that I feel that God dropped in my heart. That there may be someone here today who is sitting in the prison cell of a situation that you never asked for. In fact, you might have been doing the right thing. And yet you woke up today and you found that you were still in the dark, damp sorrow and discouragement of a situation. And you asked yourself, Lord, are you really who I thought you were? You know, we've had some things go on in our personal life in the last three weeks and four weeks and five weeks. I'll tell you, I have an expectation of who I think God is sometimes. And based on that, I have an idea of the way I think things should go. Am I the only one here? You know, it doesn't make sense, Lord, for that to happen. So I am just going to pray that this happens over here. But when that still happens, I'm going, Lord, that's not what I thought would happen here. That is not how this was supposed to go down. And I think we all share a sorrow here today that when I first got the news, I yelled out immediately, no, because every cell of my being rejected that thing. Such a sorrow, such a disappointment, such a hurt. I'm so concerned about a young widow and two beautiful children. I have some weights here today personally of my own. I came here for a vacation. We've gone to a funeral, and I've been to three different hospitals back and forth. It's been a wild adventure. Lord, are you who you said? Are you who I've read about my whole life? Are you who I heard about? Are you Jehovah Rapha? Lord, I know you are, but I don't feel it right now. Lord, are you Jehovah Shalom, the God of my peace? Because I'm not feeling it right now. But I've come to tell you today that God is who he said he is. And despite whatever prison cell, as you peer through the bars, I want you to see clearly that he has not changed. Our circumstances give us a different point of view, but he has not changed. Our God is a good, good father. 
despite whether or not we're going through something good. He is good. Prison cells. I got the feeling that there might be someone today that's here today. Your life has not turned out the way you thought. You never dreamed the unexpected would happen. You never dreamed that where you find yourself in your life right now, that this would ever happen to you. Maybe you haven't been perfect. Maybe you haven't done everything right. But boy, you have walked with the Lord. You have prayed for that rebellious child. There is no perfect parent, but boy, you brought them to church. You taught them the ways of the Lord. You invested in them. You loved them, and still they reject you, and they reject God. Maybe you weren't a perfect husband or a perfect wife, and yet you sit here today alone, abandoned by a spouse who decided to go their own way. Maybe you haven't been the perfect friend, and yet you found betrayal and hurt. Maybe there's tragic loss, and you prayed, and you prayed, and you prayed for that person, and yet still, maybe they succumbed to cancer or some other kind of illness. Maybe you're sitting here today, and you don't really know if God is good, good father. Maybe you have a father that was not a good father, And that has been your experience. Maybe you have a health crisis in your life, a diagnosis you thought you would never hear. I don't know what circumstances and what prison that some of you may be sitting in, but I'm here to tell you, he is who he said he is. So as John sits in his prison cell, he asks a question. Are you the expected one? Or do we go look for someone else? Scholars have a lot of ideas about why he may have asked that. Some say, well, he wanted his other two disciples to hear it, knowing he was going to be executed, and he wanted them to be turned to Christ and still follow him. Maybe that's correct. I don't know. But if I was in a prison cell and knowing, sure, execution. Lord, I've served you. I've done this. Notice he only sent two. I think if he really wanted them all to hear it, he would have sent them all. I think there was a two that he could trust with his question. And if anybody is here today, let me encourage you. It's okay to have those close friends, those friends who are strong in the faith right now that you can share those questions with. I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not feeling that he's the way maker. I know it. I've heard it. I'm not feeling it because in my circumstances, I'm not seeing it. But there's trusted individuals, trusted disciples you can send to pray for you, to encourage you. That won't give you just empty platitudes, but you know you can entrust them with that. So as they go to Jesus, they ask, are you the expected one? Or do we look for someone else? 
At that very time, he cured many people of diseases and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. And he answered and said to them, all right, here is his answer to John. Are you ready? Go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who does not take offense at me. What a beautiful answer. On one hand, when I first read that, I thought, Lord, that's kind of (laughs) cold. Can I really be honest? Go and tell him that all these miracles are happening. The blind are receiving sight. The lame are walking. Is this not great? The dead are coming back to life. Yeah, go and give him this good news while he sits in that dark, dank cell of his circumstances. Yeah. I don't know about you, but has the enemy ever come and haunted you in the midst of your dark circumstances and said, yeah, everybody else is getting miracles. Everybody else. Maybe you didn't pray the right recipe. Maybe you have a sin. Maybe you aren't really loved by God. Maybe he's really not your daddy. Maybe he is not who he said he is. This is John the Baptist questioning, do I look for someone else? And Jesus sends this message. But I'm going to tell you as I studied it that this message actually had the most intimate secret thread woven through it because John would have known from Isaiah the prophecy in Isaiah 35, 5 and 61, 1. These very things said, prophesied about a Savior yet to come where blind eyes would be opened, the lame would walk, the dead would come back to life. He said all those things. So in that message, John would know what Jesus just said was, yes, I'm the one. Not just I'm the one, take my word for it. He pointed back to the word of the Old Testament and said, do you remember this? Do you remember what you heard? What you heard is right. And what your disciples just saw, because they were witness to these things and came back with them, what your disciples just saw is right. They give testimony to what you heard. He does not rebuke him. He doesn't say, John, don't you remember? Don't you remember back there on another day? How have you forgotten? When you baptized me, nobody else got to see that like you did. How could you question it now? He did not rebuke him. He did not bring correction. He brought greater revelation. And such a tender, intimate thing that he knew John would know that would resonate with him and said, do you remember this? And John would remember John would know in the prism of his circumstances. I want to encourage anybody who is questioning today, Lord, in my circumstances, are you really who you said you were? 
Or do I need to look for another? Do I need to look for another way out of this prison? Do I need to depend on something else? In the prison of my circumstances, are you going to be enough? Are you going to be the one who comes through for me? So his disciples go, and he reports these things to John. And that's kind of where it ends, except in John's story. All we know later is he is beheaded through wicked, wicked men. But that's not the end of what Jesus says about him. He goes on and talks about John and his ministry and who he was as a man. And I believe that John is a great pattern of someone who just for a moment had to know, Lord, is what you said about yourself really true? Or do I need to look for someone else? If there's anybody here today and you are wrestling with the circumstances of your life, and you're saying, God, are you really the one who will come and will be my comforter? Are you really the one? You said you're the healer, but I have this illness that may take my life. And if you are wrestling with that, let me tell you, God is not angry with you. And he is not intimidated by your questions. That you run to him and you ask him, Lord, are you who you said? You know, when I think about fathers, I get this mental picture in my mind because I'm a very visual learner. And when I think about a father, I think about someone who leans over because a small child is only about this high and they want to get eye to eye to them and really communicate. They lean over and get on their level. That to me is a father because they want to communicate. They get right down like this, right? Do you not sense this? That Jesus, just for a moment, got down on John's level and said, John, I'm going to talk to you. Look at me in the eye and see and hear what I'm going to say to you. And I believe that God gets down on our level through a lot of different ways. Sometimes it comes through a brother or sister who have seen and heard. I think we've all gone through those situations where we are questioning, Lord, I've heard this, but I'm not too sure right now. And can we as brothers and sisters right here just be really real today and just say that's okay? If God did not rebuke John, and I look in the Old Testament, I think about Gideon where he's like, here I am hiding out in a wine press threshing wheat because I'm afraid of the Midianite army coming in and stealing all of our stuff. Yet again, we are starving because they are ravaging our people and our land. 
Why have you not done anything about this? For years we have endured this. He didn't rebuke Gideon. Then when he goes to see, I'm thinking about Elijah. He thought things were going to go down very differently once fire came out of heaven and consumed all the prophets of Baal. In fact, he runs all the way, expecting Jezebel and Ahab, surely now will change, only to face greater terror and a greater threat. And so discouraged and tired, he retreats. He's just doing ministry (laughs) and running for his life because of it. But God does not rebuke him when he feels alone and he asks questions. So if you're asking questions today, it's okay. You take them to the foot of the cross and you look face to face and you wait for your Lord to lean over and look in your eyes and listen. Because I believe he wants to talk to us today. He wants to comfort us to get down on our level. Some of you are in prisons, not of your own making. Some of you are in prisons. Maybe you wandered into and made home in it. But whatever the reason you find yourself in a prison, if there is one person here today, then I've come to tell you, he is who he said he is. That's the very simple message that I feel that God wanted to tell us. And I couldn't figure that out six weeks ago. But now, looking over my shoulder, I see after the events of the last few weeks that maybe this message was for me. Can I just say that? Can I just be honest? Three weeks ago yesterday... I found myself in Royal Columbian Hospital at my mother's bedside. And I had a doctor come in, a surgeon, and in fact, I was so numb and I was so shocked with what he told me, I didn't process it for a little while. And the full impact of what he said to me is still coming to me now as he looked at me. And he said, you have three choices right now for your mom. We leave the leg on. You know, she's lived a good life. He told me that. She's lived a good life. The tissues will die. It will be toxic and she will die. Or we can amputate. That is the least risky. We can amputate her leg. I don't know if any of you know my mom. Yeah, that... You might as well be chopping her head off because one thing my mom loves is shoes. And she wants two of them, not one. Facing amputation was not an option. He said, but we can do his surgery. It is going to be risky because of her age. And I don't know if I can save the leg, but we can try. And I called my dad. And I said, Dad, what should we do? And Dad's a wait till morning while we pray kind of person. He said, do it, do it now. I was like, oh, 
wow, okay. So I said, well, my dad says do it. I mean, this is how quickly the decision was made. He said, okay, so what do you want to do? Um, do you want me to do CPR if she dies on the table? That's what he said to me. Do I, how, What kind of resuscitation? And, I mean, talk about being shocked and overwhelmed. I came here for a vacation, y'all. I didn't expect to find myself at my mother's bedside wondering, should I pull through this? I'm not too sure. I don't know Canadian health care. I don't know this doctor. This is, this is happening very quickly. And the unexpected can happen, and you can be arrested and thrown into prison in a moment's notice. The unexpected can happen. This is not what I expected. But he is the expected one. And none of this is a surprise to him. Take your questions to him. Take your prayers to him. And whether you feel it or not, that he's listening, he's listening. He sees every tear that has been shed. None of them are lost. He sees everything you do when no one else is looking and you know you keep your integrity. Whether the boss chooses you for that promotion overlooks you for somebody else or not. When you faithfully are going there and serving. Whether you get the pink slip, we're cutting back, and they cut deep and you don't have a job. He sees and he knows. Whether you find yourself alone today when you thought you had made a covenant for a lifetime. He sees And he knows. If you are experiencing tragic loss and you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down, let me tell you, they are not. Every one of them are held in golden bowls and they rise like incense before the throne. And they are beautiful in the nostrils of your God. Not one of your pleas have gone unheard. It says in Psalms, he's close to the brokenhearted. It says in Zephaniah, he sings over us. He delights in us and dances with joy over us. It says he leans over, inclines his ear. Literally means he leans over to listen and face-to-face wants to hear your questions. Drag it to him. If you're not going through something right now and you're not in a prison, I bet you everyone here has been through one. And just like these two people who saw these miracles and they came back and they testified to John what they had seen and heard, I want you to know that in my life I have seen and heard a few things. God has answered some incredible prayers. And I want you to know that yesterday, my mother came home from the hospital. Very personal answer to prayer. So today, I don't feel like I'm where I was three weeks ago. So I've come here today to witness to you what I've seen and heard. 
that my God is Jehovah Rapha. And I am so grateful to him that he has healed my mom and she's home today. And I want you to know whatever you're going through today, if you are in that prison, there's people here who will come and tell you of their experience. There's people here who have walked through that valley, maybe, and have come out with a story and have said what they have seen and heard and want to encourage you today. So very privately, I'd just like to ask, if there's anyone who's going through desperate financial trials right now, and you find yourself in a place you never dreamed that you would find yourself in at this point financially, desperately wondering, am I going to have enough? Am I going to make it through? There's somebody here who has been through there and come out the other side. Has anybody here been through a financial crisis in their background and God has miraculously provided for you? Can I see your hands? Do you see those people? Look around. They have a testimony. If you have questions, there they are. They have seen and heard. Is there anybody here who has been through a desperate diagnosis and they said, unless God intervenes, you're gone? I've gone through that. My dad's gone through that. My sister's gone through Anybody going through a desperate diagnosis right now, I want you to look around and see. Here's people who have seen and heard. Is there anybody who has ever experienced a devastating loss in your broken heart you thought would never end? It would never heal. In fact, you physically felt it where you thought, I will never get peace. I will never get victory over this I want to see your hands. Is there anybody who has felt it? And those who have a broken heart right now, I want you to look and see. There's these that have a testimony. Have any of you ever felt rejected and betrayed by someone you thought you could trust? I want to see your hands. Is there anybody who has prayed for years and years and years for a loved one to get saved. And it has not happened for years. In fact, every time you prayed, it got worse. And then suddenly God miraculously moved on them and they received Christ. Have you done that? I want you who have loved ones that you have prayed for and you've even stopped maybe. Look around Here's the people who will come and see and hear. If you feel open to this right now, if anybody has those needs today, I'm going to encourage you. Go to the ones who can testify and bring back to you the word of what they have seen and what they have heard. And can we give our brothers and sisters some room maybe to wrestle a little bit? Give them the patience and the grace that Jesus gave John, Elijah, Gideon, Job. Let's do that, shall we? And in do so, we won't preach platitudes at them, but we'll come alongside them and strengthen them and lift them up. And maybe go visit them and encourage them in whatever prison cell they find themselves in.
Can we pray? Lord, I thank you, first off, that you are truly who you say you are. And you are dependable and you are true. And if we ask for bread, Lord, you do not give us a stone. And if we ask for a fish, you do not give us a serpent. Because you are a good, good father. And Lord, despite our circumstances or whatever we're going through right now, Lord, I ask that it will not overrule and override what we have seen and heard. And what we know, and Lord, if there's anybody in the sound of my voice right now who just needs to hear that you are who you said you are and who you say you are in your scripture, you are faithful, you are true. Your love is beyond measure. And Lord, we may never understand the fullness of who you are, the height, the depth, the breadth. And yet we know one thing, Lord, and that is you are good. And despite situations in this life that may not be good, Lord, it does not change who you are. And you are good. We thank you, Lord, for being our good, good father. And we dedicate this day to you and we say, Heavenly Father, happy Father's Day. We love you, Lord. Amen.